Hello, today I'm back at it with artificial intelligence, big data and analytics. Now, these are really big topics that are impacting many areas of many organizations. And the big shift to AI being democratized more and more has really changed our consumption of AI. But what's what's next? Well, to help me unpack these topics more, I'm joined by Romy Mahajan. Romy is the Chief Marketing and Revenue Officer of Quantarium and a thought leader in the AI space. So how do we wrangle AI? <laughs> what are the implications we should be concerned with? And are we setting the proper framework in place as a society for the continued use of AI? Well, stay tuned to find out more. Well, hey, Romy, thanks for joining me today on the show. It's a pleasure to be chatting with you and uh, uh, a lot of things I'd love to unpack with you today. But uh, hey, before we get started, I just wonder if you kind of uh, introduce yourself a bit. Uh, I kind of a little tiny brief in intro here to our segment today, but hey, just uh, love to hear more about you and kind of what you're involved in here. And then a lot of areas I'd love to pick your brain on. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, Aaron. So yeah, I'm uh, Romy Mahajan. I'm, uh, I'm right now the chief marketing officer of a company called Quantarium. We're an AI company mm -hmm. focused in on uh, residential real estate and a lot of different things in that area. Okay. I've been in the tech world uh, now about 25 years as a marketer. Uh, spent about a decade at Microsoft and uh, then did a bunch of uh, startups and so on and so forth. Um, and I'd like to opine and, and, and yeah. read and write and, <laughs> and sort of profess a lot about the industry and all of its various tentacles. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, that's uh, there's a few areas I'd love to pick your brain on, and I'm sure we could yeah. chat for a long, long time. But uh, we don't want to make this uh, podcast overtly long. But uh, so okay. thank you again for jo joining me. And, uh, of course. And uh, that intro there. So obviously AI is a big, huge topic nowadays. And I think uh, as we have seen it morph more and more into a more democratized fashion for easier consumption, if you will, because I think for a long time, AI was kind of this nebulous, what can we do with it? It's only for these big, large enterprises or these yeah. data scientists or what have you. Uh, but now it's kind of baked into a lot of things that we don't even think of it as AI. I mean, yeah. You know, you know, hey, Siri, give me directions to, yeah. you know, this restaurant type of thing. Uh, so that's more of a personal perspective. But I mean, how do you think AI has changed maybe the way we work? Is there yeah. big impacts you're seeing there in the way we work? You know, I have quite mixed emotions and mixed feelings about uh, kind okay. of the statement around AI, right? Because on the one hand, AI is bandied about all the time, right? You. Hmm. You know, you'd have to be under a rock, right, not to read right. about AI literally every time you every time you look at anything online or in print or whatever, right? Right. Um, but I distinguish between what I call real AI and rhetorical AI, right? Every okay. just because you manipulate data and use data for something doesn't mean you're doing AI, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so, still, I would argue that about 90, 95 percent of the claims around AI, right, are are just kind of in some ways false. Um, they're typical business hyperbole, or they're just way off, right? They're just not really AI. There are things you're looking at that are, have to do with the manipulation of data and maybe something around the manipulation of, um, uh, of other forms of inputs, right? But okay. they're not really um, doing what, what would be thought of as machine learning and really kind of, uh, uh, you know, you wouldn't call them intelligence, right? You'd call them manipulation, but not intelligence. Okay. That said, that said, you're 100% right in that the 
devices and the things we interact with and take now for granted in much of the world, not everywhere, right? But in much of the world um, are infused with AI, right? And whether it's Siri or it's um, your um, you know, assistant or Google or your Alexa or, or whatever, right. or it's what you take for granted in your cars, right? Um, or, or, or so on and so forth. But there is a bit of a, a, a weirdness there, right? Because ultimately all these examples we've just trotted out, right? Have to do with very, very, very large juggernaut-like companies that are mm-hmm. able to assemble the amount of people, you know, the scientists uh, hire the best, have enormous amounts of resources, right, to really create a critical mass, right, for AI. So companies like my company, the one I work at, Quantum, we certainly use AI um, and do AI. But on the other hand, uh, we're, we also are dependent on a lot of com- computation and crunching and so on that right. occur, as you know, in the cloud run by right. these, these behemoths. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't quite say we were at a point of democratization. We're certainly at a point of rhetorical democratization in that a lot of people are interacting with AI, but most right. people are not producing it in any way. And right. whether they benefit yeah. or, or from it uh, or not, uh, the jury's out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's still, yeah, there's still a lot of controversy around AI and its use, if you will, too. And in my mind, I think AI, we're still barely scratching the surface of what we're doing with AI and uh, our comprehension of really how we get a handle on it. Because uh, right. I, in a, a lot of things I've seen come up, I think there's even... Um, uh, a Netflix documentary on this. It's about really about the ethics of AI, yes, uh, and the biases that are, are happening yes. through AI. And uh, yeah, and it, and it's quite frankly, it, it speaks to. Unfortunately, it surfaces those biases that us humans have that we're infusing into these algorithms that are being built behind AI. Which yeah, you know, we've got those are things that are going to impact society. And, well, I think there's I think there's more to it also than the biases, right? I mean, to mm-hmm. the extent that AI offers scale and speed, right? right. It can therefore mm-hmm. offer scale and speed to a bad thing, to a bad phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. But more than that, there's also the social impact of AI, right? Like to the extent that um, AI comes hand in hand with the word automation all the time. And what mm-hmm. does automation mean around people's work, their jobs, their livelihoods, and so on and so forth. We tend in business to think about certain words as normative goods, like efficiency. But if you mm-hmm. really dig into these things, what does efficiency mean? Does it mean I can replace people, right? And so I would like to see us bring to bring up in which uh, people and machines work together, right? Yes. People with their wisdom, right? And, and their bill of rights around what, mm-hmm. they're, what they deserve to get from work. And then machines that can, that can help, you know, um, extend and enhance the wisdom of human beings. So uh, well, I believe I've, a fully technocratic uh, view is, uh-huh. is there. yeah. Well, I was going to interject. I, that's one big theme that we have been pushing a lot lately is that it's always the humans plus technology yeah. that need to be the enabler here. Not that uh, you need touched on that with the, uh, the fear of, you know, taking a job or whatnot. But if you think about going back over a hundred years and you know, with the industrial revolution and so forth, you know, there was that fear back then too, or these machines that are being, may going to take my job but in fact it created new types of jobs and a different way of working and thinking which i think is what's happening here as we're starting to leverage ai more and more in automation as well and that infused in there it's changing the way we have to approach work approach processes uh even um security 
on top of that, and yeah. it's it, it will create new forms of jobs or new jobs altogether. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, and I mean, you know, the Schumpeterian mm -hmm. logic, right, is that mm -hmm. as as the as the cycle goes down, a new technology will create new jobs, right? So right. creative destruction and then a new rise. But mm -hmm. that doesn't always play out, right? So mm -hmm. we have to actually think about this very carefully, plan it well, and um, and, and this can't be done purely by private organizations. It has to mm, be in concert no. with government, with educational institutions, mm -hmm. with the institutions of the welfare state, et cetera, all put in together so that we can think about the future of work in a macro way, mm -hmm. not in a micro way, not just about what's good for my company, but what's actually good for the, you know, 7.2 billion people on the planet. Yeah. Well, that brings to light, you know, we, we're usually also accompanied with uh, AI and automation is big data. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah. as you've seen, a lot of the uh, new data regulations going out, like GDPR mm -hmm. uh, in the United States, they have several across different, uh, like California, for example, mm -hmm. data privacy. But I don't think I've seen much emphasis on these type of efforts around AI. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, having yeah. some sort of, you know, governmental governance, if you will, uh, around these things, because we we spoke about the ethics and bias that happen, and yeah. it, it makes you wonder if. Is it something that's going to have to happen uh, around the AI before they they wake up? You know, the governments wake up because we've already right. seen it with data and, and security and breaches. So that that you know had huge implications that are still does. Right. So. right. And part of that is to have frameworks that are dynamic, right? To, to mm -hmm. look at all these, right? So the whole argument is that technology moves faster than regulation can, right? And maybe that's mm -hmm. a fair point. Um, mm -hmm. And so, how do you create a framework that's dynamic enough to um, to accommodate for the fact that there are going to be different and non-harmonized timelines, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there, first of all, has to be the will to do it, right? And you, there has to be the notion of regulation not just self-regulation, right? There has to be a, a much larger set of questions involved, right? Then, um, then again, individual companies governing themselves, right? And yep. all that said, um, that, that what's, what is afoot here with AI is not gonna stop, right? There's mm -hmm. always gonna be people um, building new things and, and finding new ways to make profit and finding new ways to do things. But we do need to get a control, control of it because we're already reading, um, I mean, the fact that it's made the mainstream press, right, means that it's it's quite late mm -hmm. into the game. We're already reading about the blowback and the negative effects and and the effects on people's lives that are that you know that are deleterious, right? And right. so um, it's a fraught question and maybe one that we should address in the, you know at one of your events, right, at maybe mm -hmm. the acceleration economy or something. I mean, you know, I haven't yet gone to a panel discussion. And these, and I've done many that are really fruitful and come out with the real notion of what the problem statements are, right? Mm -hmm. We dance about the questions, but we don't really spend the time to nail them and, and then collectively put our resources and time into solving them. Yeah. It, it's kind of like uh, the old analogy of where you're treating symptoms instead of the root cause of something. Right. Like health, right. For example. I think that's a yeah. great analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Uh, so you're right. We need to do preventive AI. Like yes. preventive health. I like yes. it. We just yeah. coined a new term. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Preventive AI. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, hey, I, I'd love to shift gears a bit uh, with you, still in the realm of AI, but um, and it's around big data too. But um, I'm, I'm curious about the uh, kind of some good use cases you're seeing with AI, like with IoT, edge computing. 
that's yeah. coming out. Uh, I know a lot of people are trying to push AI to those edge devices, uh, especially you know if you think about rural areas with lack of connectivity or in conjunction with 5G. You know, <clears throat> so they're trying to do that without that latency that could exist between the cloud connectivity and so forth. So, have you seen some pretty cool use cases yeah. with uh, AI, IoT, and edge computing out yeah. there? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that, then I'm gonna flip the question for just a second, right? Okay, so we're yeah. talking about rural areas, and we're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of um, it, a lot of what I call ag tech, right, agricultural tech, where mm -hmm. you know people are being able to use big data, mostly I don't know so much about AI uh, for agricultural farming scenarios, etc. Yep. When it comes to understanding weather or understanding um, uh, patterns of growth or how much to feed and 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 so on and so forth, you water know, water usage, and, um, yeah. and it and it's it's very yeah. water usage. All these mm -hmm. things that are fundamental, not only to what we eat and you know our lives, but also with climate change and so on, right? Mm -hmm. And you're right that um, uh, in some of these areas, uh, both the, the the physical and the metaphorical edge, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's you know AI and stuff is playing out, uh, and you're seeing the big players, whether it's Microsoft or whatever, really looking at edge computing um, mm -hmm. and and in sort of thinner yet still enabled devices as absolutely key to. Um, the future of work, the future of life, the future of business, future of commerce, et cetera. But I think there's another really interesting take here, right? Which is, which I wouldn't call use cases, but more verticals, right? Okay, which is, yeah. I find that a lot of the, the statements about AI are just very generic and horizontal, right? You know, AI increases uh, scale and speed, which is what I just said, right? But what to what, to what end, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if you take the case of right, what I'm working right now, Quantarium, and you take AI and extend it into the residential real estate space, right? Turns out you can actually learn a lot. Well, residential real estate, there's in the US, it's a $40 trillion value, right? Of mm. all the homes aggregated, about 103 million uh, homes, right? And right. the average of dollars $380,000 a home. And so you're talking about $40 trillion. And you know, every every year, six, seven, eight million houses are sold, new houses mm -hmm. are started. Um, People refi, right? You know, it, it, your home is your biggest investment typically, and, mm -hmm. and 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 your most important. Well, wouldn't it be really interesting to understand deeply how your house is valued, right? Mm -hmm. Why is your house worth five dollars versus seven dollars, or a hundred dollars right. versus ninety-eight dollars, right? Or right. wouldn't it be interesting if you were an insurance company to understand what that change will be and what the risk to that house value is over mm -hmm. with climate change, right? Wouldn't it be mm -hmm. interesting for you to understand? why particular neighborhoods, um, the same house, which is 2000 square feet and blah, 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 is worth three times as much in one neighborhood than another, right? And these are usually quite opaque to people. So mm -hmm. now you get into vertical cases where you look at um, uh, you know, deep vertical knowledge and create what I call transparent AI. You know, AI that you can mm -hmm. truly understand what goes into it. What are the inputs that go into telling me my house is worth X? Right. right. Don't give me a black box. Right. Give right. me something that's reproducible and transparent. So vertical use cases to me, what I call the new black. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, we, we have to move beyond saying, hi, I'm an AI company. But tell me, you apply AI to what? To human longevity? OK, how? Right to the mm -hmm. price of a house, okay. How to the manufacturing of a bicycle, okay. How to the mm -hmm. recommendation of a movie, Netflix, or whatever? Tell me how, right? right. Um, I want to understand what's in that algo and, and is it reproducible and is it actually meeting my needs, right? So, well, transparent AI versus black box. Well, I was even thinking from a, from a homeowner perspective, having that if you go to put your say your house on the market mm -hmm. instead of having somebody 
best guess assessment of it from a real estate agent or whoever of what your value of your home should be listed at. Now you can have more details behind that of, of the whys and the where's and the how's, like you said, right. uh, because obviously, you know, real estate's all about location. Well, that's just one tiny factor if you really think about it. Aaron, uh, you're 100% like you right. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, when, when I'm um, just to, to stick on this house example, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at, uh, when you look at a, you go up to a listing for a house and you see it, right. You don't know what the interior is like, right. Well, imagine if you yeah. could take your device, right. Your, your phone and do, you know, your quick scan of your house and through AI, right. The computer vision can recognize the, qual- the, 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 you know, the, the shape of the house, the, um, mm-hmm. the, the quality of the appliances, uh, the modern factor versus the not modern factor and right. update the value of your house in real time based on that. Well, mm-hmm. at one point, this would have been science fiction. At one point, yeah. this would have been seen as some futuristic or maybe the emanations of a crazy person, right? Mm-hmm. And now these are all, um, uh, you know, available. And so, right. you know, going back to um, this whole notion of, of you know, uh, it's it's the the weird people who create value. Well, it's that crazy person earlier who would have said that that would yeah. have driven this, right? And it's it it is amazing to be in a time when you can see this change. It's also very scary because yeah. um, because maybe there's there's too much data right for us to ingest, right? Um, and, and so on and so forth, right? You know, there's this analogy about you've talked about big data, right? They said big data is the new oil, or big data is this or that. But I actually look at data like water. Right. And um, you can have uh, it's it's necessary for life, right. but also you can waterlog a field or you can have a flood and be inundated. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, too much of anything is not gr- good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, we have to be very, very careful. And this goes back to governance, regulation, um, you know, security, uh, uh, the privacy aspects and, of course, compliance. Uh, what I call the five horsemen of tech. Right. You kind of, that analogy with the water, it made me think of somebody that's either, you know, not a good swimmer, just learning to swim, or is a a professional swimmer, uh, understanding how the water works, the, you know, how it impacts their body, how they impact their body impacts with the water. It's the same with that data. It's the, it's the implications across the impact of usage of the data, understanding it and not being overwhelmed or drowned by the data. Right. Uh, Going back to our analogy of the farmer, right? Right. They know they need water for the crops, but too much water waterlogs and destroys the crops. Exactly. And and so um, similarly with our house analogy, right? If you're, if you have 90,000 variables you're looking at, you'll never make a decision. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a balance here and it's the interpretive layer of that Mm -hmm. balance is where the human being comes in. Right. And it's that, the other piece is the practical understanding of it. I think people, they, they I talked about that, that nebulous factor of AI. Yes. Uh, you know, when people see there's the practical capabilities and usage of it, then it, yeah. I think it makes more sense to folks. Like you said, it's that real output of that particular vertical, like with the house or the real estate, or you've yeah. seen these other, other industries that pop up. We we just recently did an industry cloud battleground with a lot of folks because yes. they're focusing on those uh, those specific verticals. Yes. So that's where, like you said, that it's starting to come together and companies are recognizing they need to have specific logic, specific AI usage, uh, data governance in those particular areas because each of them are unique in their own way. That's right. You, know, you, you can't have that's a blanket right. thing across all industries. Uh, right. Now, there's certain things that, yes, could be applicable as far as high level, like we talked about data security and privacy and things yeah. like that. 
but each of those have their nuances inside of those industries. So absolutely right. Yeah. Ask anyone in financial services or healthcare, right? And yeah. they'll tell you that they're they've got a very different story than a you know than manufacturing or another. Exactly. Industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we're winding down some time here, but uh, I'd love to just kind of end out with a note here of any new trends you're seeing on the horizon with AI that uh, people can kind of look forward to or, you know, pick somebody's curiosity, if you will, of the, you know, just kind of something fun here that you're seeing that we should keep an eye out for. I think it goes back to this notion of verticalization, right? I mean, I think mm -hmm. we're moving beyond the, the point where just a, a simple claim Right, what will okay. uh, will will pass muster, and I mm -hmm. think uh, when anybody, whether it's a consumer or a business person or a technologist, is met with um, a view of new trends or whatever, they've got to kick the tires. Right, it's incredibly mm -hmm. important yeah. to kick the tires and truly understand, uh, you know, uh, what all this is about. Right, and so for me. Um, you know, I read futurism and, and trends all the time. I discount a lot of them because, mm -hmm. you know, they're like what called listicles, right? List, just lists of things on the web and, um, right. and you've got to kick the tires. So I think beware of false claims, but also embrace the real claims and, um, you know, but, but have an opinion on AI, have a point of view, don't get beguiled by mentions of it and mm -hmm. don't think that it's an, uh, it's an, it's an untrammeled good. Right. It, right. It's, a, it's a complex thing, like every sociological or technological phenomenon. And you mm -hmm. have to really you owe it to yourself to read deeply about it because it's going to affect your life in one way or another. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> I was having a conversation earlier with uh, with with John and, and uh, Bridget, and we kind of talked about the, the fact that too long, many people had blinders on about learning things about technology and the impacts yeah. of themselves and business. And I think there's been a wake up call, if you will, through 2020. I think yeah. that was the big wake up call for a lot yeah. of people and organizations that we can lever technology in certain ways uh, across multiple different um, principles within our organization and processes that, you know, now they're seeing the benefits this year from it. And last year it was a scramble in, yeah. in many yeah. respects. And this year it's like, well, we get to get principled about it and get a framework in place. So you're, you're spot on there about uh yeah where we're headed and then try to make sense of, of all this. I just well, want, hey, I've got to end on one yeah. thing. Oh, no, 2020, no, was, yeah. 2020 absolutely was that year, but it's, a, it, it, to me, it was a year of people uh, mm -hmm. making the best out of a terrible situation with technology mm -hmm. just as an enabler, right? It, That's right. So it's a year of people, not the year mm -hmm. of technology. So. Well, back to that phrase I said earlier, yeah. it's the humans plus technology. So the humans right. are first, if you think about That's it in right. that phrase. That's yeah. Right. It's always going to be the ideation and the creativity of humans that can make things happen. So, well, it's a great way to kind of okay. end out the conversation, Romy. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure, fully. My right. pleasure, fully. Okay. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.